Hi, I'm Elder Shanina Walker, and thank you for joining me today on our podcast, Yasha, Young and Sharing His Anointing. Today on our Let's Wrap readings, we're going to be talking on the subject of Be Made Whole. Today, our lesson is on Be Made Whole Spirit. We're talking about our three-part being, which is spirit, body, and soul. We began this series last week with the scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23 that reads, May the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, our scripture is going to be coming from Genesis, the first chapter, the 26th verse through the 27th verse. We have to go back to the beginning in order to get a clear understanding on the spirit of man. Genesis, the first chapter, the 26th verse reads, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. 27th verse, So God created man in his own image, In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Let's wrap. The Bible tells in Genesis, the second chapter, 15th verse of the Garden of Eden. Now we see that God formed man out of the dust of the earth and breathed into man and man became a living soul. When the breath of God entered into man's body, it became the spirit of man. But when the spirit reacted with the body, the soul was produced. At this point in creation, man now possesses a spirit, a soul, and a body. Now we know that he put them in the Garden of Eden. He told man to dress it, to keep it, in other words, to watch over it. God also commanded Adam, man, that he could freely eat from every tree except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For the day that he eat of this tree, you shall surely die. We know right after the command, God made Adam or man a helpmeet because it was not good for him to be alone. So out of the rib of man, he created woman. I'm sure many of us know the story. We've heard the story many of times of how they were beguiled and tricked by the serpent. I said how they were tricked, yes, because the Bible tells us, and we'll get to that point, where man was right there with her. Now, the Bible says that the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of the tree of the garden. And then the woman came back and said to the servant, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And we can clearly see where the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God do know that the day ye eat, therefore your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Which was a half-truth. I once heard it said that in every good lie there has to be a portion of truth uh, if the lie is going to work. Um, so the Bible says um, she took the fruit, Um, Once that she saw the fruit was good for food and that the fruit was pleasant um, to the eyes. And she heard where the serpent had said that uh, it was desired to make one wise and took of the fruit, therefore, and did eat 
and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. And the serpent was telling the truth. The Bible says that their eyes did come open, but the lie was, um, they shall not die, but ye shall be as gods with a little g. What he failed to tell them is that they would die. They would die spiritually and now even naturally. What he knew and failed to tell them is they were already like God. God with the capital G, uh, Elohim God. God had already said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. They did not need to lower themselves or lower their standards to be like other gods with the little G. They were already made in the image of God, Elohim. Uh, they were three-part beings, spirit, soul, and body, having the same attributes as their father. All they knew was good. They had no knowledge of evil. No doubt, that's why Eve and Adam would so easily be tricked by the serpent, even though um, men uh, had been given the command already by God that they should not eat of it or they would surely die. So we see now that before the fall of man, our spirits controlled our whole being um, through the soul. Man was created in God's image and possessed some of the, if not all, of the same attributes already as the father. After man's fall in the garden, let's fast forward. We read in Psalms, the 51st uh, chapter, saying, I was shapen in iniquity. Uh, I was shapen simply means that he was born in iniquity, that he was a sinner when he was born, and that his sin could be traced back to the very beginning of his birth. So when he said, I was shapen in iniquity, I was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. This means before we are regenerated by the Holy Spirit to life, we are dead men walking. Yes, let me repeat, everyone that we encounter that does not have God's Spirit living inside of them are dead men walking. They are here on this earth, but they have not yet been made alive through the Spirit of God. It is not until we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior that the Spirit of God resides in our heart. I submit to you that their hearts are closed. Their spirit man is being ruled by their own spirit. Only after we have surrendered the seat of our hearts and the guidance of our soul to the Holy Spirit, can the Holy Spirit take the seat and reign in our lives. Job 33 and 4, it says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. So he, he had the understanding and the knowledge that it is God's spirit that has made him and it's God's breath. It is the breath of the almighty that continues to give us, us life from day to day. John, the sixth chapter in the 63rd verse, it reads, this is Jesus speaking, saying he himself uh, that the spirit gives life. Jesus, once again, is in complete cooperation with the Father. We know that the breath of life comes directly from our Father, the Lord of creation. However, we must not confuse our spirit with God's Holy Spirit. God's spirit is different from our human spirit. Romans 8 and 16 demonstrate the difference between them by declaring that it is the Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit, bearing witness with our spirits, that we are children of God. We know the word tells us that man looks at the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart of man. Um, you can't see a man's heart. You can't see a man's spirit 
Uh, but the Bible tells us to try the spirit by the spirit, not our spirit. Try the spirit by the spirit, but God's spirit. Try the spirit. It also tells us that we might know them by the fruit they bear. My godmother often says, I'm not a judge, but I'm a great fruit inspector. So we have the ability um, to be able to be a fruit inspector. And we'll get into the fruit of the spirit later. In other words, no matter what a person does, no matter how good they may think they are, they may think they can work themselves into God's family or give enough money to buy their way into God's family. No matter how many accolades or awards we receive from man, it is God's spirit or the spirit of God that bears witness, meaning provides evidence, provides proof of what really is going on in our spirits, in our hearts. It is the fruit that we bear on a day-to-day -day basis that's going to tell the real truth. The Holy Spirit knows if you're a true child of the king or if you're an imposter. Another one of my favorite scriptures uh, is confirms also in John 4 and 24 that God is a spirit and they that come to him must worship him in spirit and in truth. When I preach, I often say I'm looking for the spirit and truth worshipers. In other words, true worshipers, because anybody can give praise. Oh, yeah. Many people every Sunday are at church waiting on the musician of music to give us our dance cue. It's easy for some of us to lift up our voice and give a shout out. There's nothing special about people shouting. People shout all the time. Different events. They shout loud at football games, basketball games. Thousands of people scream and holler at concerts for their favorite artists. But this scripture, it didn't say anything about dance. It didn't say anything about shot or a holler. But the scripture says, God is a spirit. And since our father is a spirit, we're created in his image. So we are spirit first and foremost. And if we want to come to our father to worship him, we must do so in spirit and in truth. Our spirit is that part by which we commune with God by which alone we are able to apprehend and worship him. His spirit then bears witness with our spirit and tells us of our relationship with God. Our spirit taps into the element of God consciousness. God dwells in the spirit realm. Remember, God is a spirit. So we must worship him in spirit and in truth. Communicate or commune with him in the spirit. The spirit cannot act directly upon our body. It needs a medium. And that medium is our soul, produced by the touching of our spirit with the body. Remember last week I gave you an example of the light bulb, the spirit representing electricity, the wire our soul, and the light representing our body? All I'm saying is that the electricity cannot go past the wire and cause the bulb to illuminate. The electricity has to hit the wire. Likewise, the spirit of God has to come through our spirit in order to affect our body. Once we come to God in spirit and in truth and our hearts are open to him, the spirit of God can subdue the body through the medium of our soul so that our body will obey God. The spirit transmit itself through our soul. Our soul exercises the body to obey the spirit's orders. So don't expect the body to be able to obey the spirit's orders if the soul is not right. Come on, somebody. The soul 
is the mediator. The soul is the medium. We have to get our soul realm under control. There's no way we're going to be able to bring this flesh under subjection, to bring this body in obedience to the spirit until the soul is right. The spirit transmits itself through our soul. Our soul exercises the body to obey the spirit's order. This is the meaning of our soul as a medium. We know that the Bible tells us that after the fall in the garden, uh, that Jesus came to redeem us. We know that he was crucified on the cross for our sin. He rose again from the dead. He went back to the father and in return, they sent God's spirit. John, the 16th chapter in the seventh verse says to us, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus speaking. It's expedient for you that I go away. He said it's major for you. It's important. It's, It's immediately that I need to go away. This needs to happen right away. For if I do not go away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So we see where the father and the son and the spirit are all working once again in unity because Jesus came, got sent by the father. Uh, Jesus then done the work that he came to do. Jesus recognized that his work here on earth was done. It was time for him to send back to the father. So he in return sent us the spirit. So we see now that it is the Holy Spirit of God that joins in with our own spirit in ways that we cannot even begin to comprehend. The apostle John says in first John four and 13, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. When we allow the spirit of God to lead our lives, that is when the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God as children of God. We are no longer led by our own spirit with a little s, but by God's spirit who leads us to eternal life. I submit to you today that the word of God says that uh, no man come to the father, but through the son. And when Jesus Christ comes back, he's coming back, not for us, not for these mortal bodies, not for us in our natural state, but he's coming back looking for that, which we, ah, he's coming back looking for that, which he has left for us, which is his spirit. He, he, he ain't thinking about you, this natural body. The, the, all this is going to pass away. This incorruptible body that we live in is going to be transformed in the moment of a twinkling of an eye. When God comes back, he's looking for his spirit. Let's apply. As I told you last week, God desires that our spirit be totally surrendered to his spirit, to the spirit of the Holy Ghost, that we walk in God's spirit. We know that our spirit is the noblest part of our body. Noble mean being um, high moral, quality, honest, courageous, generous. Um, Our spirit should control our whole body. Once we go back to Christ, once we accept him as our personal savior, once the Holy Spirit enters into our life, it is then that God's spirit can control our whole body. Yet our will, the crucial part of our individuality, belongs to the soul realm. Remember, it is our will which determines whether our spirit, our body, or even itself 
is going to rule. That is why in the scripture, Paul clearly tells us in Galatians 5 and 16, I say then, walk in the spirit that ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit means being obedient to the spirit of God. The lust of the flesh is an expression the Bible used for the dwelling place of everything in a person that opposes God and his will. I got to say that again because somebody didn't get that. The lust of the flesh is the expression the Bible uses for the dwelling place of everything in a person that opposes God and his will. Begin to think about your life. Think about the flesh. Think about the lust of the flesh. There was a, a 17, if I'm not mistaken, works of the flesh. In the book of Galatians, uh, let's just take a look at that real quick. In Galatians, it tells us, now the works of the flesh are manifested. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresy, envying, murder, drunkenness, reviling, and such like of the of which I tell you before, and as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So we see that there are 17 works of the flesh, and he, the Bible is telling us to walk in the spirit, that you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And again, let's, let's go back over that one more time. The lust of the flesh is an expression the Bible uses of the dwelling place. Dwelling means you stay there. Dwelling, that, I always say it's a difference between sinning and practicing sin. There's a big difference. Don't get it mixed up. The Bible just tells us right here. It's, it's telling us. It says the Bible uses uh, the lust of the flesh as a dwelling place. In other words, if you're dwelling there, if you constantly again and again and again and again, you're doing the same thing. Don't let nobody fool you. You are a practicing sinner. You are a sinner. Now, if you sin, if by some chance I'm not walking in the spirit today and the flesh is stronger than the spirit and we know that there are times in our life when we're not doing what we need to do, we're not studying the word of God, we're not fasting, we're not praying and our spirit man gets weak and the flesh gets stronger. And when the flesh is stronger, the flesh is going to act like it know how to act. That's why the Bible tells us to walk in the spirit, walk in the spirit that you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And we should not be dwelling in the place of the lust of the flesh. We should not be dwelling in these areas. We should not be dwelling in adultery. We should not be dwelling in fornication and uncleanness and lasciviousness. We should not be dwelling in idolatry and witchcraft and hatred and emulation and wrath and stress. Strife and sedition and heresy. We should not be dwelling in envying and murdering and drunkenness and, and reviling. We should not be dwelling, living in these places, practicing these things. You, you, uh, he that says he has no sin is a liar and the truth is not in him. We all are going to sin. We were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. There are times that we're going to sin. That's when we come boldly to the throne of grace and we ask God to forgive us. We repent. But when you're constantly dwelling in sin, my God, my God, the Bible says, shall we continue to sin where grace may abound? God forbid we should not. Now we're talking about walking in the spirit that you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How do we walk in the spirit? I'm glad you asked. 
We must daily crucify the flesh with the word of God and surrender our spirit and our soul and our body to the spirit of God. By walking in the spirit, something incredible happens. The fruit of the spirit begins to grow in our life. And in that same chapter, Galatians, the fifth chapter, the 16th, down in that 16th, 17th verse, it begins to talk about the fruit of the spirit, which is peace, joy, love, faithfulness, goodness, among other things. We need to make sure that we are producing fruit. I'm not a judge, but I'm a pretty good fruit inspector. So it is important that we understand our spirit realm. Now, our spirit realm is a realm in our life that gives meaning. It gives purpose. It gives love. A lot of people walk around today lost, not sure what they were created for. Some of them feel like their life has no meaning or no purpose. I want you to know today, I'm talking to you. If you're one of those persons that, that's not quite sure what you were created for, I want you to know that you have to walk in the spirit of God in order to learn his will for your lives. Many people spend years miserable doing things they were never created to do. Even worse, many die full of gifts and talents never used due to fear and feelings of uncertainty and inadequacy. We have to be bold in the spirit of God and remember that God has not given us, his children, the spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Our spirit and our souls are not the same. We cannot make the mistakes of getting make the mistake of getting it confused. Our soul is different from our spirit. Our spirit is different from our soul. There is a separation between our soul and our spirit. Again, the spirit of man is what gives meaning, is what gives purpose, is what produces love. The spirit realm or our spirit also gives us power. The soul is the seat of our personality. Again, remember we talked about the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, the thinking, the reasoning, the beliefs, the attitude, the feelings, the emotion, our will, our choices. There are a lot of things going on in our soul realm that can take you off course if you don't have a soul that's completely surrendered to God. Remember, they are different. Hebrew, the fourth chapter and the 12th verse says, for the word of God is living, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul, the spirit, the joint, and the marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intent of the heart. I bet some of you today didn't know that your heart has thoughts and intents. And guess what? They're not always good thoughts and intents either. Let somebody hurt you or do you wrong. See what your heart has to say. Our heart is connected to the soul and our spirits. That is why for years it was so difficult for me when making life-changing decisions. When our souls have not been fully surrendered to the spirit-led heart, we will always, always make the wrong decision. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately, desperately sick. Then he asked the question, who can understand it? In the 10th verse, it says, I, the Lord, searches the heart and test the mind. Heart and mind are both residing in our soul realm. Let's, let's go over that scripture again. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. The heart is more deceitful than all else and so desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, searches the heart and test the mind. 
even to give to each man according to his way, according to the results of his deed. In other words, God is the only one who knows our hearts. God is the only one that searches the heart and tests the mind of man. And he's going to give every one of us, each man, according to his way, according to the results of his deed. God going to give us just what he knows that's in our hearts. He's going to, whether good or bad, in the end, you're going to be judged according to the things that's going on in your heart. I have had thoughts in the past after having my heart broken that surprised even me. Yes, me. I was saved, but not wholly sanctified, spirit, soul, and body. How many know soul hurts will cause you to say some things and do some things that you'll never imagine you would do? It is truly a testing of your faith. My broken heart wanted my offenders to feel just as much pain as they were putting me through. It was clear to me that at that season in my life, how very possible it is for someone to snap and do bodily harm to another person. As I said before, hurt people will always hurt people. For years, even after the offense, I did not walk in the spirit of God. Just the opposite. I was being led by my spirit with the little s. I always allowed my soul, my imagination, my will, and my emotions to control my heart. It plagued me with anxious thoughts, troublesome feelings, and impure intentions. My life was a mind full of bombs, waiting to go off on anyone I perceived to be a threat. My heart and my soul hurt was leading me. I was so far from Christ, but yet I was saved, leaving out the church every Sunday the same way I went in, full of unforgiveness, hurt, bitterness, anger, depression, revenge, and a stubborn will. Being led by the flesh kept me from walking in the spirit and enjoying Christ and the freedom of all the blessings he wanted to give me. It wasn't until God spoke to me and gave me a message, you're leaking. Everything God spoke to my heart and said, everything I'm pouring into you keeps leaking out because you're broken. Mm, my God, somebody today, everything Everything God keeps pouring in you. You want to retain it, but you can't retain it because you're broken. There's cracks in your vessel. Everything that God continues to pour in you is slowly leaking out. When people look at you, they see you, you look like you got it all together. You won't let them see you sweat. You won't let them see you cry. But you go behind closed doors and you're crying. You're crying in the midnight hour. Why? Because you're broken. You're leaking. Ha. Huh. You're leaking. You're broken. Hmm. Somebody better receive this today. There's cracks in the vessel. Oh, yeah, it's a beautiful vessel. You can't even see your cracks unless you get up real close. But the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to your heart right now. You're leaking. Not long after God gave me that word, not long after he, he spoke to my heart and, and, and began to tell me that I was leaking, uh, God brought a mighty woman of God in my life, Elder Dorothy Reed. This woman of God was so in tune with God that despite, huh, despite what I looked like on the outside, the spirit of God was in her. 
The spirit of God in her was able to see past the wall of hurt and the wall of pain that I had built up around me. The spirit, she was able to see the spirit of God down on the inside of me. She was patient, but relentless, stern, not willing to let me give up. And through years of counseling, not just me, but my entire family through the word of God, I was able to to take those cracks and take all of the broken pieces of my life to God. And and God began to touch my heart and, and touch my spirit. And he began to stop all my anxious thoughts and calm my troubled emotions and subdue my stubborn will. Um, God healed my childhood hurts. And not only my childhood hurts, but God healed my broken marriage. As I began to get more and more into his word, God began to lure me down in, in, in the treasures of, of his anointing and his spirit. And, and I began to uh, allow God to rule in my life. And, and daily I surrender myself, my spirit, my soul, and my body to Christ that he might take the seed of my heart, that I might be led by the spirit, that I might walk in the spirit be led by the spirit and not by the flesh. I begin to see things happen in my life. I, be, I begin to see God make changes in my life. God begin to, to put things in order. God begin to line up my destiny and my purpose, which he has called me to and for. And it's not a hard task. It's not a hard task when we line up with the word of God and we begin to be obedient to God's way. We make it hard. We make it hard for ourselves because we're created spirit, soul, and body. So until we allow the spirit man in us to rise up over the soul realm, to rise up above the flesh, the body, and begin to take precedence in our life, we're going to always struggle. It's always going to be a struggle. But God wants us to be made whole today. He wants us to be made whole spirit, be made whole soul, be made whole body. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when our spirits are lined up, we can come humbly to your spirit of truth in the sphere of the activity of the Holy Spirit that operates and regenerate. It will then be only then that we can realize our sinful conditions that is causing us nothing but hurt heartache and pain, and a path of destruction. I acknowledge you today that I can do nothing of myself, God. We can do nothing of our own, but we need you, God. We need your grace and your salvation. Change our desires and our affection. Turn them towards you, O God, so that your spirit will illuminate our spirits with the divine light of life, and we'll be able to shine that light out into the world that you have called us to, Father. We want your spirit, O God, to bear witness with our spirits that we are indeed your children. We want to yield our spirit, soul, and body to you. We shall be made whole by the blood of your son, Jesus, through the power of your Holy Ghost. It is in your son, Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Again, thank you so much for listening to Yasha Young and sharing his anointing. I am Elder Shanina Walker. Until next time, have a blessed day.